Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. And joining me to talk about it is my buddy, Ryan Darty, who has been on a bunch of video game movie episodes in the past, and we always knew that we'd have to have Ryan back when this movie finally came out. And here we are. I am a big Nintendo guy, for those of you who don't know, and a big Super Mario guy, and so I was really looking forward to this movie. And is it a mixed bag? Yes. Did it make a lot of money? Also yes. And uh, we had a lot of fun talking about it. Lots of great puzzle pieces, so that's coming up here in a second. And uh, before we do get to it, though, I do need to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And don't forget to check out our Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and my music career. Lots of great stuff over there. I really appreciate you being out there listening to the show. This is episode 299. Can you believe that? We're about to hit 300. So I really appreciate you being out there listening. But if you want to, uh, you know, support the show in that way, uh, sign up at patreon.com slash Rosen. So with that said, I'm going to do it again. Let's go! Ryan Darty is back with us to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Ryan, it's so good to have you here. You do a video game movie, you gotta have to have me on. I think at this <laughs> point, I don't think I've done every video game movie we've done on this show, but I've done a majority of them going yeah. way, way back. So, yeah. um, And for the second time in a row, basically released on my birthday, because Sonic 2 was released on my birthday last year. And Super Mario Brothers was released on the day before my birthday this year. So apparently just April 8th is where people put video game movies nowadays. Wow. How about that? Yeah, it, it seems like they know they know that it's time to celebrate Ryan and Ryan's love of video games. I mean, it's that or Easter, you know, yeah, like nothing that's... celebrates the coming of Christ <laughs> like Super Mario with a one up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was thinking about this episode because, you know, at first I was going to actually do a super episode on this one, you Makes know, and sense. I was going to definitely have you as part of it. And, you know, obviously I'm a big Mario guy, so that was part of the reason why. But then I ended up doing John Wick Chapter 4, and I was just like, I, I just, I don't have the bandwidth to do a whole nother super <laughs> episode at this month. Um, but then this movie came out, and like, don't get me wrong, it is blowing up the box office it is like movies are back baby you know like it is going so huge critics hated it and it's just <laughs> kind of dumb and i was just like kind yeah. of thinking to myself like do we need to piece together the super mario brothers movie it's like, also wild because so many people are saying the exact same things about it that like it's yeah. not even worth us bringing up like every review is going to have a line that says chris pratt's accent was way better than i expected mm -hmm. and every review is going to have a line this is why the fuck was seth rogan in this movie he uh -huh. was awful uh, like everyone's going to say that it's gorgeous everyone's mm -hmm. going to say that it's short everyone's like great like, score Everyone says, I actually have a puzzle piece about okay. not the score, but the soundtrack. So, right. um, and the distinction there is for those who've seen the movie, pretty obvious because there's a huge gulf between those two things. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, 
What's interesting is like no one is disagreeing about the facts about this movie. It's then just what they take away from those facts of do do you add one plus one plus one and get I enjoyed myself, or do you get one plus one plus one and say this is a bad movie? They're both sure. true, um, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I to be a little extreme. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, like there's not a lot I think that anyone super original is going to have to say about it, which doesn't put us in a great position, seeing as we're about to talk about it for yeah a half hour to an hour. Absolutely fair, but. Uh... You know, with that said, you know, we'll get into what works and what doesn't work along the way. But what do you have for your first piece? Okay, so first thing, I do have to do a spiel real quick for 10 seconds just because um, I need to do a, hey, everything I'm saying is my own opinions, not my employers. For those who don't know, um, I have worked on, I've done other episodes about video game movies while working on the Halo franchise. But this is the first episode I've done since a a Halo adaptation live action has come out on like a major, we've had like animated films before and miniseries, but this is the first like big one since. So I just need to clarify, especially because it's Microsoft's mascot versus uh, Nintendo's mascot. But uh, I'm going (laughs) to get the really, really, really lowest hanging fruit one out of the way, Mm. which is, you know, this obviously draws from a lot of Mario games, but... At its heart, this is Super Mario Odyssey, the movie. This is not Super Mm. Mario Brothers, the movie. This is not Mario Kart, the movie. Super Mario Odyssey, it might not be a literal adaptation of it, but the main theme in Super Mario Odyssey that really differentiates it from is the classic Marios and the Mario 3D lands. There's always a consistent visual theme, and then it'll just be like, oh, but this one's a little cakey, and this one's a little lava-y. And uh, in the later 3D games, like 64 and Sunshine... There is still, they're still set in the same world when you go to these drastically different locations. So there's still theming to that. And yeah. Super Mario Odyssey was like, what if we could do a Mario game that doesn't do that? And Super Mario Odyssey is the one where you go to the real world for a uh, little while. You've new got Doc super City. realistic T-Rex. It, gets, it turns 2D at times. And I really think when you want to appreciate what's great about this movie, which is that it might have the most especially if you're like looking at the background and listening to the sounds, it probably has the highest like Easter eggs or references per minute of anything I've ever seen. Topping Scott Pilgrim, topping Wreck-It Ralph, topping Detective Pikachu. It is so dense. And sometimes they work really hard to pull it cohesively into the part of the universe they're looking at. And sometimes they're like, fuck it let's just do rainbow road like like, i mean and you know the real world is also animated similarly to how it is in the mushroom kingdom but they make a difference uh in the way they are trying to portray those things so i didn't want to pick multiple mario games and talk about them but i felt like thematically and there's also the more literal references like i believe the wedding suit that bowser wears was introduced in mario odyssey and sure i think maybe mario odyssey was the first one who ever explicitly said bowser wanted to marry peach typically it's like um no no because there's an evil wedding cake in super mario rpg uh a game that is should have been the plot of this movie yeah um, that probably would have worked really well actually but right. in general i think this is the one that it represents that is the if i had to say like this is the game that this movie reminds me of um and i know people will be like but that's weird you don't have cappy in the movie at all but like cappy was never really what mario what odyssey was about it was sure the worlds and the explanation and um the same way Martin Scorsese says Marvel movies are like theme parks, um, mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey is a theme park of a video game. You get oh, in yeah. there, you explore every nook and cranny, and you just have fun while you are immersing with it. Sometimes yeah. they'll challenge you a little, but it's going to be pretty the whole time. So um, 
first puzzle piece. I assume you have played Mario Odyssey, correct? Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, like with most uh, modern video games, I got like halfway through and then I sure. just, I can't get enough stars to progress to the next level yeah. or whatever, or moons or whatever the hell it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great one to, to kick it off with. And I definitely agree with you. I think, you know, you were talking about all the references and Easter eggs and all that stuff. I feel like it maybe it's because of the, you know, the processing power or what have you, but like I think Odyssey's the first time they're able to really fill it with easter eggs the game with easter eggs in the way that it's a celebration of all the classic Mario's. You have the the 2D segments where things just get straight up 8-bit even though it's in a fully 3D world. You get the um I, I think it was called the the Donk City Parade or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, there was. Whatever I was actually, was. I didn't hear the Donk, the new Donk City song, but I was mm-hmm. listening for it. It might have been in there and I missed it, but that was, yeah. especially when it started in real world Brooklyn, because I didn't know how they were going to handle that in, in the movie going into it. Um, yeah. Like if Mario already lived in the Mushroom Kingdom or not. So as soon yeah. as I was like, oh, this is real Brooklyn, I was like, keeping an eye out for like, are, is this a new Donk City type situation? <laughs> yeah. and And I think like, it, you know, considering that this movie just blew blew the door off, like it, it hit all kinds of records this weekend, and it's going to keep doing well. I mean, people have talked about how it doesn't really have any family friendly competition until The Little Mermaid, basically, like a full month away. Uh, it, it's going to make so much money. So there's obviously going to be sequels, and I do think that continuing to mine Super Mario Odyssey is probably the way to go. Maybe getting more into that new Donk City stuff now that you know, Brooklyn knows all about Mario being this, you know, hero and all this stuff. And so like, it seems like that is kind of the direction they'll go. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good one. And we, we do have to bring in at least one Mario game in this. So yeah, I think it's a good one to kick it off with. And, you know, continuing on the theme of the Easter eggs, the references, the fan service, I'm going to go with a movie that I was like the only person in the world that didn't like, uh, but it is Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. I still haven't seen that. Oh, man. I, I, I have heard that they're very similar movies, though, actually. Yeah, um, it, it really is. And like, I, I don't know what it is about that movie that everyone else connected with and I didn't. But, you know, maybe it's just that I love Mario so much. But this time around, I see someone playing an nes i'm like oh i like that reference you know i yeah. see punch out parlor or whatever it was i like that reference yeah. like i was all in on the references here and it, it worked for me and like it really is just wall-to-wall references and easter eggs and and things like that and so I mean, that's basically all i got out of rescue rangers as well it was just <laughs> non-stop beginning to end punch out pizza was an interesting one too because i know the tie-in was because mario was like the referee in punch out but yeah. I had forgotten that at first, and I just thought, like, oh, another Nintendo game. So for a while, my radar was, like, really set up for, like, is there going to be a passing um, Kirby reference, a passing Zelda mm. reference, a passing... And I didn't catch anything else, especially there was, like, a scene at a wedding table where there were, like, wedding gifts, and that was, like, a million Easter eggs there, and that was the scene where I was, like, I try to scan the table as fast as I can, like, do we see a rupee from Zelda or something, but... Then I fig- I didn't see any of those, and I figure oh it probably is just because Mario was the uh, the referee in Punch Out, which I'd forgotten at the time. But that was yeah, yeah that set the tone right away. Absolutely, and uh, seeing Kid Icarus on a big screen that was uh, that was an interesting sight, something I never thought I'd see in my life. So that, yeah, uh, that was interesting. That, that's Mario's, and it also they never really establish how retro the NES is in the world of oh, yeah. Mar like. And is Mario a nerd for liking Nintendo games? <laughs> yeah. um, 
Yeah, he does live at home with his parents, but uh, yeah, I feel, but, like, uh, I feel but, like everyone does nowadays. So yeah, but yeah. also um, it's been going around that like canonically Shigeru Miyamoto is like, yeah, Mario's always been twenty six, and <laughs> everyone's like, what? And he's like, did you guys not catch on to that? And they're like, no, everyone's always assumed he's like. 40s like bob hoskins and lou albano were pushing it but like i don't think anyone ever thought he was like fresh out of his apprenticeship or anything like that you know i just to go on a quick tangent i feel like my dream movie for for like however long i live the dream movie is a shigeru miyamoto coming up with mario and zelda like that that's the movie i don't know if you watch tetris uh, oh okay so you're you're talking like the biopic yeah the actual biopic about the the actual story i mean i remember reading that uh miyamoto was like out like just walking around forests and stuff when he yeah, came up Zel- with Zelda. Zelda was all about, he would just like run around in the woods and the sword with a stick I, pretending it was a I sword. And movie. I did that too, but I'm not the most respected game developer <laughs> of all time. So there might be a little more to it. I believe, I forget, but I think Mario was due to some like last minute pivots. Like they couldn't yeah. get the rights to some stuff or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and plus a lot, a lot of like uh, figuring things out based on the hardware that was available to them. Yeah. And just like, well, I guess we'll make him a plumber since he's underground in a lot of these levels. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. That, like, that, that was a great reference early on, having, I don't know how it's pronounced, but Charles Martinet, the original voice yeah. actor for Mario, showing up dressed as Jumpman from the original game. Yes. That was, like, like, one of the least subtle ones, and I think that was, like, they didn't have to work organically for that one. It was like, hey, look, we know you're watching a Mario movie, let's go. Like, Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Well, what do you have for your next piece? So for my next puzzle piece, I'm going to talk about, uh, this is a bit more tangential. It doesn't relate to the core of the movie as much, but um, I, I'm kind of generically citing like Baz Luhrmann films because I want to talk know. about the score and the soundtrack and the sheer amount of whiplash you get listening to the movie. Um, I think my first thought was actually A Knight's Tale, but then I figured like Baz Luhrmann has done this same thing 10 times, so let's pick sure. on him instead. Of, <laughs> but don't get me wrong. Take On Me is my favorite song in the world, and there's no movie that can't be improved by adding Take On Me to it. But the whiplash of, like, I don't think there was a single, I mean, it was original because I believe it was Brian Tyler who re-recorded it, but original in terms of completely not based on Mario. I don't think there was, like, a single orchestra cue in there that was not a reference or a remake or a remaster Mm. of a Mario song, and they were great about sometimes using them in the places where they'd be appropriate you know you show pulp to bowser's castle for the first time you get the na 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 but um sure. you know sometimes they would just remix this they would take a song that was good but maybe didn't fit to that scene and still use it and that worked really really well and for a lot of the movie i was like man this might be one of the best soundtracks i've ever heard and then fucking thunderstruck comes on in the <laughs> middle of it and like the fact that a movie with such a good soundtrack ends on mr blue sky getting played through like i just i had such whiplash and i couldn't tell like if it was an illumination thing cuz i know they do yeah. put a lot of like popular stuff in there um and uh, you know a lot of times it was so clearly just for like a 10 second bit for the joke like when they played like battle without honor and what the the quentin tarantino sure, song yeah. like that yeah. was like okay you're literally playing five seconds of it for the joke it's kind of a cheap joke but like whatever but yeah there there just definitely were times where it like f- gave me complete whiplash that like i was just grooving to like a remake of a grant kirkhope song or something like that and then uh 
no, I was I was gonna pick on the Bonnie Tyler scene, but uh, the <laughs> you you can't have a hero montage without playing. I need a hero nowadays. It is legally required. I've heard they also use that as a montage in Tetris, which I haven't it's seen yet. Um, much and, much and better in usage. Shazam too, which I haven't. Oh seen. god. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. apparently she's having a good year. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, you're the you know professional musician. What were your thoughts on? Um, score versus soundtrack. Did they integrate? Did you think it served a purpose? Did it did it bring you out of it at all? It honestly brought me out of it at times. It completely did. And I loved what Brian Tyler did. I think he did an incredible job of uh, repurposing those classic Mario and Nintendo themes. But yeah, I did not like the soundtrack songs at all. And they're all great songs, like we're you know, like you were just saying, but I just thought they were totally unnecessary. And I do think that that's an elimination thing. I think uh, I, I'm not like a big on the minions and all that stuff, yeah. but I believe that all those movies are filled with those kinds of needle drops. I was amazed and, the movie didn't yeah. end in a dance sequence. I was like yeah. counting down for like, I'm a believer to start playing. And yeah. All the like, it, there's like a shot of a toad twerking or something. <laughs> now, now with that said though, as long as we're talking about the music, mm-hmm. uh, we should talk about the hit of the summer, which is uh, Jack Black's Peaches song um the, <laughs> this song a lot of people are, are saying could even make it all the way to the oscars next year um, i hope it does not <laughs> everybody loves this fucking song it's so stupid i i mean i love jack black i was wondering like as i was walking to the car like what would they have done if jack black couldn't do this movie like what what would bowser's personality have even been in this? yeah that's you know because there are definitely a lot of ways you can take bowser and the problem you know, when it comes down to it, is ninety percent of the Mario games don't have a plot. And sure, yeah. I made fun of it earlier, but you're not you're not gonna base it off a of Super Mario RPG or Paper Mario or something like that. Like, so I think a lot of people do just genuinely think of Bowser as this big menacing monolith. But in almost every game that gives him a plot or a personality, um, those games are all in on the fact that this dude's gotten his ass kicked in more games than like yeah. anyone besides like Dr. Wily from Mega Man. So yeah, he's deranged um, and he's just like, he's totally in denial. The fact that he loses all the time. Yeah. He's a to he's just, a, he's such a, a, a klutz. Uh, I mean, you gotta, you gotta admire his grit. It does. They're a little ambiguous. I kind of wish his relationship with the world had been established a bit more already. Cause it was like, Oh, there's dark lands and it seems like maybe there's only one star in this universe and it was in the ice kingdom. And mm-hmm. um, like, has he actually gone to war with them before? Cause they, you know, they make that reference, which is one of the funniest scenes in the movie when the Koopa goes, but doesn't she hate you? And then he just like <laughs> turns them into a dry bones. Um, <laughs> so I, I really was kind of wondering like, is because this is not a world where Mario has beaten Bowser a hundred times. So yeah, we don't really know like if this is a Bowser who's you know done this a bunch of times because Mario hasn't repelled him, and this is a a competent Princess Peach, but she doesn't really have an army of toads that are gonna fight against her. So we don't really know what this Bowser is doing. But yeah, I mean, absolutely, same thing. When I said every review is saying the same thing, Jack yeah. Black, um, which is this is great for me because Jack Black is always a guy I want to like a lot but I don't Mm. tend to actually like the roles he ends up getting put in. Or I think sometimes he's like hemming it up a little more than he needs to. But this was like, hell yeah, my dude, like you are, this (laughs) is, this is you like fantastic. uh, Every, every ounce of it. 
Yeah, and he's he's just having a blast. So uh, I'm I'm happy for him because I've loved him forever. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, awesome for Jack Black. But I'll go to my next piece, which bringing it right back to Illumination. I'm going with Shrek for my next piece. <laughs> uh, you know, you got the princess who stands up for herself. The main guy's kind of a doofus, an animal sidekick. It's a it's Mario, but it's also kind of a fairy tale ish yeah. type of adventure. And uh, you know, all of these classic fantasy tropes kind of told in a, a new way. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people are kind of complaining that after how great the Puss in Boots movie was uh, just a few months ago, that this is a little bit of a regression story-wise, yeah. I guess you could say. But, um, you know, it, it fits in with what Illumination does. And uh, yeah. I, I, like I said, I've never really been a fan of the Minions or Despicable Me or any of that. And I never was a fan of Shrek either. But uh, I was going to ask that because I was going to put a stake in the ground because that's a very interesting thing. Because yeah. Shrek 3 and 4 were so bad that people forget that Shrek 2, I'm, I'm saying this without an ounce of irony, Shrek 2 is a masterpiece. I've never seen it. I, I watched the first one and was just so just Shrek Two never... also has an amazing montage to "I Need a Hero." Oh, like God. that's all I was thinking of the entire sequence. Oh, um, yeah. No, I think I think that is a great call out, and and I actually think that it's a good example of ways in which the Mario movie. I mean, even if you didn't like Shrek, but like I think Shrek resonates better with uh, people who are a little older because it's got some mature jokes in it. It's also got like. It, it doesn't just do lip service to its themes. I mean, it does a little, but only to the extent that fairy tales do lip service to their themes. And it's, it's, it like sure. ponders its world a lot more. I mean, don't get me wrong. I rewatched Shrek recently and it's hard to look at nowadays. So it obviously, mm. and their Easter eggs are much less subtle. It's like you said, you can't really pack the background with Easter eggs. So in Shrek, an Easter egg has to be like a whole character who gets a couple right. of lines. But but yeah, that, I I was thinking of that too because I was thinking very much. I don't know a lot of Illumination movies, so I was thinking like DreamWorks movies, and mm. I do consider Shrek One pretty good and Shrek Two amazing. But then every other DreamWorks movie, oh wait, no shit, How to Train Your Dragon is DreamWorks, aren't they? Those movies are really good. And I did believe we cover I, that movie. Oh, uh, we did. Like we did How to Train Your Dragon Three together. Yeah, yeah. There uh, you I go. don't think we. I don't think you were doing this podcast when two came out. Yeah, um, no. but yeah, but for the most part, yeah, DreamWorks movies very average, and I think Shrek is a good one to call for Mario because Shrek was such a big deal as well, and this is sure this is going to be huge. Absolutely. Well, what do you got for your next one? So I actually want to talk about another example of these kinds of movies and ways in which Mario could have been better or worse, and I actually touched on it earlier. I, I, I've mentioned this to you before we did the episode, but I'm going to basically just put it like, I don't think this was a good movie. I do think sure. this was an amazing Mario movie. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is because a lot of Mario doesn't actually fit to be a movie that well. It's not, <laughs> it kind of does. It's not, yeah. it's fault. Like this is a very good adaptation of Mario, but, uh, and there's like a lot of ways you could have made this movie better. That would have maybe made it less of a good Mario movie. Um, mm. And, um, you know, at first, my reference point I always use for that, which is not my puzzle piece, is the movie Hot Rod, which is like if you improve any scene in Hot Rod, you would make the whole movie worse because it's like so sure. collectively relies on having this consistent vibe or whatever. But then I was thinking like, oh, what if you change this? You gave this person motivation. You gave blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking all these changes that would make Mario better in terms of like maybe a film quality. And I'm like, mm. oh, but these all make it less Mario. And then I realized I had rewritten Wreck-It Ralph. So I have mm. to use Wreck-It Ralph as sure. an example of like, if you started from the point of let's do Mario and obviously Wreck-It Ralph filled with references, a lot of great ones. Um, 
at the time I love the first one. I think the second one is solid. I don't think they're amazing movies, but I do think they make a lot more effort to try to be a good film as opposed to a good video game film. And there's a lot of air quotes thrown around in that sentence there, but um, (laughs) especially in terms of like the heart of the characters and giving them like solid motivations. um, No one watches Wreck-It Ralph and thinks this is a Mario movie, but they all still know, oh, he's basically Donkey Kong. He's basically Mario, but it doesn't feel like a Mario movie, not just because the plot is not a direct adaptation, but just because of, the way they go about themselves. You you never see Donkey Kong in a game struggling with the pathos of yeah, like, sure. am I just built to destroy? Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think any way you would try to make Mario better would just end up turning it into Wreck-It Ralph, which would make it a worse Mario film. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing with Wreck-It Ralph as a puzzle piece here is like, you know, even though it's not based on a real video game, although they made one after the fact, but um it's still an era in which the video game curse is very much real when Wreck-It Ralph comes out and now since then we've had the Sonic movies which have done really well Mortal Kombat surprisingly did pretty well even though people don't like it and it is getting a sequel uh Uncharted did well even though people didn't like it I think people Uh, didn't know Uncharted was a video game movie and that's probably probably... to its advantage (laughs) yeah I think you're probably right but uh so I mean and Pikachu did really well I mean we we are definitely I think out of the woods as far as like the video game curse is concerned and Wreck-It Ralph comes from a time where we were deep in the woods Wreck-It Ralph was from kind of that era where the best way to be a video game movie was to be a movie that was very heavily influenced by sure video games as opposed to being based on a video game so that was when you had like you had your Wreck-It Ralph you had your Scott Pilgrim you had yeah yeah. I don't know if Into the Spider-Verse was from around then but it might have been kind of the same area but like that that was the trick was to making a um a good video game movie was not to adapt a yeah video game uh and then now sure. we kind of have fallen into the the opposite with some of these reference porns and now we've got like ready player one and stuff which is all just like we're not adapting a single thing we're just throwing it all in there and then every, uh, space jam 2 and stuff like that like mm-hmm. it's we've kind of flipped the curse now of um people I, love ip yeah so. I mean, we still haven't really <laughs> figured out the how literal of an adaptation for it to be right you know like sonic to uh I, I in retrospect i've enjoyed a lot more i think i have landed on that detective pikachu is probably like what i consider the best compromise between good movie and good adaptation but even then mm. most people didn't know that there was a detective pikachu video game right. and it's it's a no-win situation because you're gonna have fans who are upset no matter what but when you religiously adapt the source material you either get like the Warcraft movie, which everyone said was way too dense and un- incomprehensible, or you get yeah. this, which is, hey, guess what? It's a kid's game where you jump on turtles and walk to the right. Like, sorry, there's yeah. not a lot going on. Um, yeah. So it's 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 a really interesting challenge to see what the correct ratio for um, like religiously adhering to something versus yeah. uh, kind of taking your own path with it, which we've seen a lot of other movies do recently. Dungeons and Dragons had to sure. struggle with uh, how religiously uh, do I adapt things from it. Uh, the last of a show people threw fits when like one character was slightly different and stuff. So like right. there's, you know, really people, you never know what people are really going to care about and what they're not going to care about. 
to that point, uh, before I go to my next piece, um, talking about like uh, how much of the uh, the style and and what the game is to adapt, uh, the two D scenes in this movie where we're seeing it just from the side view and Mario is like running down the street, jumping over yeah. things and and all that, just dream come true. Like for any criticism I have of this movie. Those like two or three minutes out of the eighty-six minutes that the movie is were just uh, that, perfect. I was actually thinking there was going to be more shots like this, especially because I, 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 I was kind of primed from coming out of Dungeons and Dragons, where they started every shot with the top down of the location where you, they were going into to kind of homage like the battle scenes. I don't think yeah. we ever saw a shot that was a side view that looked directly like the Donkey Kong level, like the original mm. game that like there was homages to it everywhere, but especially at the end when they came back to Brooklyn, I was like, Oh, he's going to fight him on the like thing. Uh, I am told that if you look at the pattern, he jumps in the first sequence when Luigi is following him, that is the exact jump patterns to get through <laughs> wow. level one, one in the original Mario, um, wow. which does kind of check out. But um yeah, those were those were fantastic. I mean, also even like when it wasn't the side scroll view, the final time when he ran through the um the speed running course when yeah. he was training him, that was like it's the same feeling you get when someone's like, Oh, we modified Mario to look like a first person shooter, so now you can see like what the level looks like. Like I sure. I like was like fully living my inner kid during those scenes where it was like, we're just gonna play the game on screen for a minute or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll go to a little piece here yeah. uh, that I wanted to throw in there. We were already talking about Jack Black and uh, how great he is as Bowser, but um, I was thinking of Spaceballs, okay. uh, Mel Brooks' Spaceballs, because of uh, Dark Helmet and how, you know, uh, evil and mean yeah. and terrible he is. But then when he's in private, he's a little softy and he's all in love and he's got his little dolls and he's making them kiss and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, it's just a total goober. And uh, I think that there's a little bit of that in the way that Bowser is portrayed here. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is a, a sweetheart. That is one of the downsides of them trying to keep the movie moving so much is not just not getting to like, get to know Bowser's history as I talked about earlier, but just like giving him some more time to vamp with other characters yeah. would have been great. Like a scene with him talking to toads for more than 30 seconds. Um, yeah. <laughs> him interacting with some of his different like villain types and stuff. Um, yeah. But, oh God, he was, he, he was having a lot of fun with there and it was just infectious through the screen. And I, I couldn't be happier yeah. for him because it sounds like this Absolutely. was a dream come true for him. What do you got next? All right. So I'm starting to um, kind of be uh, grasping at straws here a little more. Like those were my core, sure. like things I wanted to talk about. And we could obviously, you know, I could pick like Sonic 2 and like how that has, like, if you follow the scenes in Sonic 2, they mostly follow the ordering of the levels in the games of like, it's the water temple, then it's the uh, Aztec temple or whatever. And Mario kind of does that as well. But something that really struck me when I was trying to think about other video game movies is there are so few that actually fit this spot that Mario is trying to fill, which is just like kind of generic middling unimaginative, not necessarily as an insult, but just honestly like not super imaginative in terms of how it's adapting it. Like children's fair, like most, a mm. lot of times is always like a gritty movie or like, you know, they take yeah. the, the more mature ones or, you get the street fighters and they turn them into like big budget things. There's not a lot of like 
I don't want to say there's not a lot of video game kids movies because, you know, there's Detective Pikachu and there are other ones, but there's not a lot of like big budget, just like filler Hollywood being fine kind of movies. And just a solid Saturday morning. And I was looking, I I like was extensively looking and I haven't seen this one, but I'm curious if you have, because it was the closest I could find to like a, put it on to shut up your kid on a Saturday and you probably struggle Mm. on a kind of, which is the Angry Birds movie. Oh yeah. Because Angry Angry Birds movie was also very, I don't remember if it was DreamWorks or not, but it was like very much from the bits of it I have seen, like it was the same kind of just like cookie cutter it wasn't I, I probably was not packed nearly as much with easter eggs because there's only so much you can get out of throwing birds and eggs and stuff but um sure that i really just wanted to a chance to talk about the fact that we don't have a lot of those mediocre dreamworksy type movies that are video game adaptations um so even if it does seem like oh another video game movie it's like as far as i know it's basically like angry birds is the only other one that fits this niche which is interesting because you know by now with superhero movies we've got a thousand of them that just kind of fill that niche and for a while it seemed like video game movies might be the next superhero movies uh having another renaissance or whatever um but we still just haven't gotten to a point where we have that much filler in terms of like yeah like like generic fodder um movies yeah um they still i i do think either swing big and fail or take a creative take on things and succeed mm. traditionally. So I thought this was, I, you know, I, yeah. guess, I guess the Mortal Kombat's are probably like the, the new Mortal Kombat is like the adult equivalent of that, but we sure, had sure. adult equivalents of that before we had Jean-Claude Van Damme and street fighter and stuff, but yeah, uh, for, for yeah. kids, uh, even, you know, is Sonic people probably thought about Sonic more and enjoyed Sonic more on an adult level, but just as like treat it like a cartoon essentially. Yeah, Mario and Angry Birds. I I actually haven't seen the Angry Birds movie, but uh, first of all, it was Sony Pictures Animation, which I mean they're doing huge right now. So I mean, uh, but that being said, like I feel like one of the things that and that movie, I mean, it was successful enough that it they got a sequel in 2019. I don't know if they're doing a third one, but it plays to its strengths, which is the characters, and that's something that I feel like this movie does, even if the story is a little light. It's playing to Mario, to Luigi, to Bowser, to Princess yeah. Peach, and like making them all the characters that fans of the game already know they are. Kids will eat up because they're, you know, they're play, you know, playful, lovable characters. Sure, so, sure. Uh, you know, I think it's doing that the same way. I'll, I'll say this isn't an example of what you're talking about, but for my next puzzle piece, I'm going to bring up Rampage. I completely forgot about <laughs> Rampage. Oh my God. Still my favorite. Oh, still my favorite video game movie. I know. You you hyped me up on that one so much, it went, and I didn't see it for like years, and then I was like, oh, this is, if you watch it for what it is, this is an amazing film. Oh man. It's so much fun, and it's, I, I, I find that people are starting to come around on yeah. it a little bit. Like I, I'm hearing more and more people that are agreeing with me, and uh, the reason why I brought it up though uh we already mentioned it earlier about how uh mario's playing a nintendo in it at one point and in rampage there's a great easter egg where they actually have the rampage arcade machine in the villain's office and so (laughs) that was like my little connection there because other than that they couldn't be further from each other rampage was great because it was kind of the last time the rock would like let himself fuck up on screen like there's that great scene where he's like of course i know how to pilot a helicopter and then like cranks the helicopter in the ground and like that was kind of the last one before 
I mean, he probably already had his I can only get hit three times a movie clauses and sure. stuff. But uh, yeah, God, yeah. Rambo. <laughs> I was going to at the end do a we should do a recap of like what our best video game movies and favorite video game movies are. And I completely forgot about Rampage because I don't even think of it as a video game movie. I just so oh, yeah. truly think of it as like a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it should have been, but uh, it was. No, no. But uh, I, at least I've been uh, banging the drum for it ever since no. and getting people to watch it. So uh, what do you got next? I honestly think that's that's about it for my big puzzle pieces okay. conceptually. Like, you know, they were yeah. each puzzle piece was kind of an excuse to talk about a different aspect of video game movies in different ways i do want to do a shout out to the oddly specific trope now that as far as i know only contains two movies which is the super mario brothers and like that awful mid-90s movie warriors of virtue both of which feature a scene (laughs) where a character is crossing his way across a pipe which then breaks dropping him into uh, an underwater sewer facility which rushes him away to another alternate universe inhabited by sentient animals. So that's a very okay. that's a very oddly specific reference, but uh, that was my uh, just my first thought when they went underwater. And I was already like fully in the mode of the original Mario movies where they also go under uh, into the tunnels and stuff and get pulled in. But just sure. the whole like I don't know. There, there's have you seen Warriors of Virtue? It's a fever trip. I, I don't even know what it's this a is. Fever, yeah. it, I think it was cashing in on the Ninja Turtles craze. Um, and it was a fever sure. trip of a movie where some dude is like peer pressured into like doing graffiti in a sewer system or something. And he's like crossing mm-hmm. this really rickety pipe that then breaks and it drops him into like a whirlpool, which sucks him into a magic world filled with like a bunch of master splinters. I think they're like rats or kangaroos or something. And then, uh, I don't know, they teach him Kung Fu and he learns the power of friendship or something. I don't know. Uh, like, it's been, I, haven't I, I feel like this is stream of consciousness beat poetry that you're doing. I haven't right seen now. this movie since <laughs> I was like six, but I did Google before I brought it up to confirm that this was a real movie. And it does start with a scene that is surprisingly similar uh, to, aye, uh, aye to that but um no i mean everything else i would talk about would probably be like in reference to detective pikachu or sonic which i think are both really good references for uh well done ways to do to adapt um uh, video game movies well i i got two more really quick but before i get to them i you did bring up the original super mario brothers movie from 1993 (sighs) and how, how much do you think these filmmakers look to that to either what to do what not to do like influence in any way do you think that it was like a required viewing to like revisit it for everybody that's that's interesting because i do remember seeing one interview where um like one of the first things they said after they were hired was the two directors said don't worry we're not gonna treat this like teen titans go which i think speaks Mm. volumes for the fact that they understand the quality of teen titans Go. <laughs> yes. I actually shouldn't rag on it too much because I think it's mostly made by the same crew who made the original Teen Titans, which is fantastic. Um, mm. But um, I I do know that they talked a lot about trying to figure out how much to like how much irony to bring into it, and mm. um, yeah. I've really come around on the original Mario recently, not as like a film, kind of as a fever dream, but I've recently really yeah. I've really gained an appreciation recently for movies that like even if they're not good or bad, it's like I had a vision and we are running yes. with that vision. And I'm the same and way. Mario same way. is like 
Like I would, I would like double feature Mario with like Hausu or something like that. Like just in terms <laughs> of like this is what the movie is, and they're just doing. And I know that's actually not truly the case for the original Mario Brothers movie that was rewritten, uh, I think six times and changed directors three times. Uh, which is a lot more common nowadays, especially for big budget IP films, but was not necessarily the case in the day. Um, yeah. But whether or not it was one person's singular vision or just a collective fever dream that someone was stuck with having to implement, like, I do really respect the way that Mario, uh, the old Super Mario movie, tried to uh, live up to its vision. And I bet if they had yeah. any takeaway from that movie, it probably had to be we cannot make our own vision. We can make our own presentation, but we have mm. what we are showing, what we are adapting has to be Mario. It can't be inspired by Mario. It can't be based on Mario. It can't be spiritually similar to Mario. It needs to be Mario. And then through sure. what lens do we present Mario? Absolutely. I, 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 uh, and I agree uh, on these fever dream type movies. Like I'm, I'm all in on them lately and, uh, I, I love seeing stuff like that. And yeah, I, I've also come around on that particular movie. I think it's great. And, uh, I don't know. I'd love to do a special episode on it one of these days. We'll see what happens. But uh, although it is it is wild that we're living in a world where John Leguizamo is saying, "I can't believe they didn't cast any Latinos in Super Mario Brothers," and it's like, bro, I can't believe they cast you the first time. Like, like you want to accuse them of bad casting? Yes. You want to accuse them of racism? Probably. You want to say they're racist because they didn't hire Latinos to play the Italian stereotypes? You are on new special ground, and everyone can tag John Leguizamo, who I think is the coolest dude in Hollywood, on Twitter and best. send this episode to him. I'm sure he will <laughs> listen to it, and he will care about my opinion greatly. I'm sure. So I, I've got uh, I've got two quick ones to bring up. Yeah. Uh, first of all, there's probably a better version of this, but because I just watched it for the first time last year, I figured I'd use this one uh, for the scene where Mario, who apparently has a family in this incarnation of the super mario brothers uh they're all sitting around the table eating pasta and, and arguing and making fun of each other i thought of moonstruck uh there's so many great italian family movies though that you could probably go to <laughs> I so was think, that's much better than mine i was thinking of green book so <laughs> oh god yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll stick with my version yeah, of that. Yeah. So yeah, that works. I was also thinking of uh, was it um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? They uh, they have a really funny oh, moment yeah. like that where the, the grandpa is actually like a muppet. Like, oh he's yes, not even yes, a real yes. person. Okay, I was, yeah, um, I did also love that they gave Charles Martinet a chance to use his real voice as well because you know he played, yeah. he played Mario Senior. I guess is uh, like, yeah. I think maybe his name was. God, I want to say his character's name was Giuseppe, but I might just be being racist. And now I'm no, worried. I think it was okay. Giuseppe. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think they also covered what their last name was in this one, and I do no. hope that their last name is still Mario. Like that was the best part of the original movie. So that now yeah. we have Giuseppe Mario, who is the father to Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. <laughs> well, now now that they've been so successful, in the next movie they can like play around a little bit, and I bet that we'll get some kind of oh, reference yeah. like that. So my my last piece, you started it off with uh, one of the Super Mario video games. Uh, I wanted to go back to the video games for my last piece. This movie, I already mentioned it's like 86 minutes, I think. And it is so fast paced. It never lets up. And that's part of the problem with the movie. Sure. And uh, I was going to bring up speed run videos of yes. Mario, which are 
all over the place online. I've watched them for the last 10, 20 years on YouTube, and people are out of their minds, especially like with the Mario Maker. Uh, oh my levels god! I think, I think they're called like Kanzai runs or Kenzai oh, runs. God. Like... I I don't know. Yeah, there's probably like some word for it like that, but. Yeah, there. It, this movie just runs nonstop so fast, and uh, hopefully the next one slows down a little bit, allows some character development or something story-wise to happen. But uh, yeah, I thought of just how insane those runs are that you can watch on YouTube, and it seems like uh, those maybe were an inspiration for how the storytelling. I was out. actually very specifically considering. You know, I, I only wanted to give a one video game reference, but especially the scene when um he's doing the track over and over again that is mm -hmm. essentially watching someone get better at speed running for all intents and purposes like it, it is yeah. that is a very direct adaptation and especially including the fact that peach didn't get any sleep because she was just watching someone try it over and over again <laughs> yeah that's all the, of o us. the, the only yeah. thing the only way it could have been more literal was if he was completing it but had to complete it in under 30 seconds to, <laughs> yeah, to do definitely. that well, I will read down the finished puzzle, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts here. Yeah. But we talked about Super Mario Odyssey, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Baz Luhrmann Films, Shrek, Wreck-It Ralph, Spaceballs, Sonic 2, The Angry Birds Movie, Rampage, Warriors of Virtue, whatever that is, Super <laughs> Mario Brothers, the 1993 movie, Moonstruck, and Mario Speed Runs. Uh, a lot of video games, but a lot of other stuff too. A really weird mishmash of uh, movies here. But um, any any closing thoughts? Anything else that we didn't quite get to? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that was good about this movie that was also smart for them to do was, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, post credit scene, whatever. Post credit scene also kind of lost a little of its impact on me because they did show Yoshi's earlier in the movie. So I guess the cliffhanger right. was ooh, there's a yoshi in brooklyn but it's like yeah but there was also already a giant turtle in a castle in brooklyn so like it's not that big of a deal <laughs> yeah, um sure. but you know there are this is such an easy to franchise movie for them now i don't know if illumination does the same thing that dreamworks does where they like spin off netflix original tv kid shows and stuff but like you could easily do a spin-off that is just donkey kong country the game with someone who isn't seth rogan as donkey kong and doing that whole thing and having a sequel to the super mario brothers and having a a, a kid show that's like toad's wacky adventures and it's probably like an adaptation of i didn't see a treasure tracker toad reference in the movie i was keeping an oh, eye yeah. out for that, or captain toad or whatever his name is um i love I, that game i think it's captain toad treasure tracker i was right both times yeah. i believe um yeah, i was really keeping an eye out for that everyone keeps joking that they're building to a nintendo cinematic universe idea i think that's a very bad idea but in terms of like by s establishing a world that had like a lot like that's one of the benefits of only being like a 90 minute movie is you got a lot of time to spend on other stuff they you know they talked about yoshi being there uh, they didn't make a one-up joke which was crazy to me and i have to believe huh. the only reason they yeah. didn't was because scott pilgrim used that as like a main plot point in that mm, film yeah. um uh you know there was no wario there was no waluigi like there there is a That'll lot of room to do a lot more stuff in this universe but i never felt like it was setting me up for sequel bait it like felt like playing a mario game of this is this adventure with Mario this time, and it's going to be over soon. 
and you can rewatch it and you'll probably get some more stuff out of it or replay it and you can do it a little faster or find an alternate route and then there's going to be another adventure with these characters who you hopefully like yeah no that's a really good point i you're right because all the big ip movies nowadays they all feel like they're just a commercial for whatever the next yeah. episode is and this didn't feel that way even though there is the post credit scene sure. like and even though we know that it's going to happen like it it didn't feel like it was just specifically designed to set up the next one so that that is a good thing um but that being said um we probably should talk very briefly and then we'll wrap this thing up like what is a nintendo property that you hope now that this has been such a huge hit will be the next thing outside of a super mario brothers 2 can i pick a non-nintendo one using the spirit of the super mario brothers movie because it's something i've been thinking about a lot recently okay all right which is um there will never be a Mega Man movie, and there will certainly never be a good Mega Man movie. They have tried mm. to make Mega Man a TV show and a movie a zillion times. It's been a TV show a couple times. Some of them have been pretty good. Most of them have been have not been. And as much as I would love for them to do, like, Mega Man X or Mega Man Zero and get, like, a more adult, like, kind of thing, um, I think a lot of these franchises are always going to be undermined by their conflicting audiences. And this is kind of why I was thinking of Mega Man, specifically the original one, because Metroid movie, you're not going to make people happy. It's going to be too kiddie-ish, or you're going to be giving too much emotion to Samus when she shouldn't have that much emotion as per the game. Like, you're going to struggle with that. Zelda, someone brilliant could crack Zelda, but it's never going to happen as, I don't think it would ever feasibly happen as a good movie but i think having now seen super mario brothers movie i was like okay i would settle for a mega man one movie that was like the same theme as the mario like it's very middle of the road not super adventurous packed with sound effects packed with background details over Mm. in 40 minutes the characters are paper thin but that's fine because they're all their archetypes like i think um there are some games that would benefit a lot more from being creative about how to go for it. But like, as I really thought about Mario, I was like, I think this is the best they would ever be able to do for Mega Man is to like aim for and to nail all right, basically. <laughs> yeah, sure. That, that's a good answer. And I, I mean, I do love Mega Man and there is a lot of story character. There, there's a lot there that they could work with. So yeah. that, that's a really, but there's good also answer. a lot you don't have to work with, I think, which sure. is part of, part of the key to it right if it's just him running around bopping six robot masters then blowing up a castle like that's not yeah. cinema it's not delving into the concepts of sentience and what is it mm. to be human the way later Mega Man's do <laughs> but it's probably something i would take a friend's kid to see on saturday at 3 p.m on a sunday and we'll be like yeah that was pretty yeah fair enough <laughs> where where does that leave you i assume you're a zelda guy i mean i you know I hate to say, but I'm not the biggest animation guy, and, and I feel like animation is where Zelda belongs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, certainly I would be there on day one, yeah. and I, I think somebody could make a really good Zelda movie. I mean, I'd love to see a Metroid movie, but like you said, it would be a very difficult tone to balance because i mean it really should be like a freaking r-rated movie yeah, like, yeah. It, it shouldn't like be a kid's movie but that couldn't possibly work you know no. so but i mean that metroid would be the one that like would be the number one nintendo franchise yeah. i would want to see 
Um, I know Castlevania's had, uh, you know, to go outside of Nintendo, uh, has had a big hit with, uh, with an anime, I, but I'd love to see a live action. Fan, I've heard that show is absolutely fantastic. It's been in my tour. Yeah. I will say, because I, I wasn't going to talk about uh, any of stuff related to my employment, but I will say something I think about a lot with a Metroid game is the struggles of when you have characters that you have to insert personalization for but they are supposed to be gruff military avatar types um this is a big point of controversy with the halo show of giving master chief um a lot more of a personality or deviating from his personality i'm not gonna make any actual claims from it but people focus on his personality not being what they thought it was going to be or what they wanted to be a lot and there are also just sometimes certain narrative constraints of like if your character is the most important passive character in your movie, maybe that's not the best way to tell a story going forward. And um, Mm. I don't know if you played Metroid Other M, but that was by... A lot of people thought, because that was by Ninja Theory, that it was, like, someone going rogue with Metroid. But, like, no, that was done by, like, the guy who was in charge of the story and stuff was a dude who was into uh, Metroid for a long time. That was, like, what he's, like, in my mind, yeah, this is what Samus is like. And turns out... When they let Samus talk, people didn't love it. And obviously they <laughs> undermined a lot of her characterization and took away a lot of her autonomy in that. So that's probably a valid um, insult against other M. But I think it's a great example of an easy pitfall you could fall into if you tried to do a Metroid movie. Yeah. It would be cool, though. I think the yeah, answer for really all of cool. these is Nintendo should give a bunch of people, like, each $10,000 to do, like, 10-minute short films. Because, like... You you go online for all these video games. Like there's this uh super amazing there's amazing Legend of Zelda short films. There's the leg- the one where Legend of Zelda gets adapted as a western is one of my personal favorites. Uh Dan Trachtenberg, mm. who made one of our favorite movies, Ten Cloverfield Lane, got his start by making a portal short film. That's right, yeah. Portal No Escape, I think it was called. Um I think like in, if you just give someone a limited window and they don't have to make an entire movie out of it you can really just focus on making some scenes that hit a couple character points and hit the spirit of like the game. And you don't have to make it an hour and a half. You don't have to give it a three act structure. So I, I I genuinely think that for the most part, those types of like short auteur made by fans films will Mm. be better than the professional made video game movies. 99% 99% of the time. And that's the closest I've ever gotten to having an artistic opinion on film. But uh, having seen a lot of video game short films and a lot of video game movies, um, I think that's always going to be the best way to successfully adapt something. Fair enough. Well, you know, I uh, speaking of shorts, I, I, I didn't realize we would be talking about Super Mario Brothers the movie for uh, 53 minutes now, <laughs> but uh, oh. <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap up the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Ryan, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I do just want to give a shout out to what is not the best, but my favorite video game mm. movie to watch, which will will always be the first Mortal Kombat movie with the guy from Highlander and Robin Shaw and stuff. That movie is so perfectly 
cheesy and in on the joke and also not in on the joke and fun and they play the themes you know it's a good mortal kombat movie when they play the mortal kombat theme song like 15 times in the movie rather than like (laughs) orchestrally covering it once like that new bullshit one um so i i will say especially if you're someone who is not immediately turned off by something being quote-unquote bad um you're looking for something to watch with your friends, have a couple drinks or something. If you remember not loving uh, the original Mortal Kombat, now that we've seen what other directions video game movies can go in, I think it actually looks a lot better now. I think uh, it, it 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 becomes a lot more fun, whether or not it intentionally was. So, you know, we've been talking about a lot of pretty solid video game movies recently. We've when we've done Detective Pikachu, we've done Sonic, but like. Just, just get drunk and watch Mortal Kombat. Hell yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong. And then watch Rampage the next day. Hell just yeah. because that was pretty fun. <laughs> now we're talking. Ryan, uh, anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? No, no. Uh, happy to be back here doing... We'll, we'll see what video game movie they release near my birthday. Sure. Uh, next year, we'll see. Um, I it's, it's funny because I said I've done a lot of the video game episodes, but then you talk about Uncharted, you talk about Rampage, and I realize they don't even register as video game movies in my head so i was like oh i actually forget like you've probably actually done multiple video game episodes that i didn't even think of that movie as a video game right how about borderlands maybe that'll be next april that's that's i keep forgetting about that Kate blanchett kevin hart jack black jamie lee curtis and directed by eli roth i mean is it still eli roth directing that's that one's gonna be wild um I get the feeling that they, it's not being animated, correct? No. It is, being, live, it is live action. Live it's action. It's shaded or anything? Okay. I, I can't um, believe Kate Blanchett. I, I think there is a chance that they can end up with a really solid movie that's a lot of fun depending on what your sense of humor is, which I think yeah. is also about the most you can say for the Borderlands game of, there are a lot of people who would like the Borderlands game but are turned off by the sense of humor but unfortunately, you take away the sense of humor, that's 80% of what made the game what it is in the first sure. place. So yeah. I think that one will be interesting. I would, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll have to watch that one just, just so we can come in and talk about Sonic 2 more while discussing Kevin Hart's clearly going to be Oscar-worthy performance. I, is he Roland? I, I'm you have not the cast sure. list up? Okay. I'm not sure, but direct, directed by Eli Roth <laughs> and then reshoots directed by Tim Miller. What a uh, what a mix! I'm on board. I'm on board. There we go. I'm on board. That'll Tim Miller it. sometimes knows how to make a good movie. I don't know. I, <laughs> if 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 I had to say who should make a Borderlands movie, the answer would be the Deadpool guys. Yeah, so sure. you're a third of the way there. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully that one's good. Otherwise, the next episode will be a bit more depressing that we do together. <laughs> I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harrison. We co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, that does it for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Thank you so much for being out there listening. Thank you to Ryan Darty for joining me, and thank you... 
for being here with me for this podcasting journey. So many episodes we've done already. Episode 300 will be out next week, and uh, I hope you're enjoying what I do here. If you enjoy piecing it together, make sure to let me know. If you drop the five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or Spotify, I'd really appreciate it. Plus, I really like hearing from you guys. If you have puzzle pieces that you thought of that we didn't bring up on the episode, I'd love to hear those, and you know I'd read them on the next trailer episode. And just in general, I like hearing from all you listeners out there. And I'm always looking for new guests, so definitely get in touch. You can follow me on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And, of course, I told you about the Patreon. Produced by David Rosen Patreon. Bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and My Music Career. Lots of great stuff over there. So check it all out. And let's close this out with a piece of music. And I haven't worked on any video games, video game music specifically, in a long time. Actually, I have worked on video games with Ryan Darty before, but mostly, obviously, I'm a music guy, so I haven't worked on video game music in a while. I've been mostly just doing films the last five to ten years, but back when I was first getting into it, I did work on music for a bunch of little games, and this is a track from one that never got completed, as does happen a lot in the independent world. But uh, it was a game called Buy Me, and it was a fun platformer and, uh, you know, very Mario-inspired in uh, the way the game worked. And it would have been a really cool game. I remember the prototype was really fun to play. But this was a track from the music uh, for the game Buy Me. So I hope you enjoy it, and who knows, maybe Buy Me will show up one of these days we'll see but i uh, hope you enjoy it we'll be back with more piecing it together episode 300 specifically uh coming up real soon <music> West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.